I can't hear you either, Alex. I'll do it. You try to figure that out. Welcome to Brown Bag Bets. I'm your host, Alex Christensen, and I'm joined always by Andy Molitor. It's your daily dose of quick hit handicapping, sports stuff, and and, and betting and gambling. God, I'm horrible at that. Can you hear me laughing? back, Alex? Yeah. I absolutely can now. Oh, okay. I just... I had to step. I had to step into not the chair there, and it did not. It did not go good. <laughs> and as you can tell, too, like here's here's a little here's a little primer on Andy. If I'm wearing glasses, that means I'm hungover. So, <laughs> <laughs> like I have an eye headache, and I want to put contacts in. Well, but, you mentioned uh, yesterday yeah. that you went straight to the bar instead of work, and I figured that was probably not the best sign. I mean, did you just kind of ride that that wave? Kind of rode that wave. Kind of rode that wave when I got <laughs> home too, and. Uh, yeah, been a weird week. Been a weird week, but it is Friday now. We're into Super Wild Card Weekend. I'll go over my final NFL card. I might even put it in on the app eventually today. Um, God, that's a good call. I've struggled this morning. I did not put these in on the app yet. I'm going to do this while we're doing the show. Um, I don't have a lot of preamble. I think we'll probably just get right into the picks because we have hoops. We've got pro hoops. We've got golf picks. We've got tennis picks. We've got outright picks. We've got NFL picks. I'm not sure why. I had no idea why the, the, the mic thing was the weirdest thing because you were talking to us off air. We come on air and all of a sudden you were just, I think you might have been goofing with me. I think you just might have been mouthing it and faking us out on awesome. Friday. But Friday hoops, a lot lighter card. There's not a lot of games today. Um, yesterday was subpar. It went okay. Didn't, uh, wasn't the worst day, wasn't the best day. Ended up, and technically, on the app, I am 1-0 today because one of the games I took yesterday was Hawaii. It was on the island. That game started at, like, midnight Eastern. So that game counts towards today. 1-0, looking for a 5-0 day. Uh, mostly sides today. Not a lot of uh, not a lot of totals I liked. There was one that I'm, I'm crossing off with Manhattan. I'm hearing Manhattan maybe missing some players. I have a massive disparity in that price. I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, I did forget to mention South Alabama one, the lean, the lean came through. That's the most more important <laughs> than any of the bets. But uh, yeah, but today, today will be just Davidson pick Monmouth minus three and a half Fresno minus one and a half. I think that's a bit of a later game in Virginia Commonwealth university over 130 points combined scored with their opponents. Yeah, if Manhattan is fully healthy and everyone's there, you know what, I might make that a lean, plus 15 on Bookmaker right now. But for now, just those four, I don't have a lot of analysis. Like I said, it's Friday. I'm just going to rip through some picks, talk to the chat. Patrick's got the Rona. Hopefully he's feeling better. Not not um, Batman kissing Robin Patrick, but other Patrick, Patrick McCann. And hopefully, and also more worse than having the Rona, he went on an 0 and 8 streak yesterday. So we hope we wish you back from the. They used to call that the flu. It's funny when you when you'd have a day where you didn't win a bet, you used to call that the flu. I don't know if anyone says that anymore. Like I had the flu yesterday. Oh shit! It's like an old timey message board thing, I think. But either way, it's so hopefully passe. If, yeah, hopefully, hopefully you figure you figure out both things, get better on both. Both uh, both fronts, and we take in the Bulls games tonight. Bulls are up for tonight, right? Uh, you know, I got to pull it up. I think there's tomorrow. Tonight. There's so many stinking things going on. Ugh, it's just a mess. But um, I did not pick the Bulls. 
Hold on a second. Yes. Yeah, the Bulls are playing the Warriors tonight. I can't believe I forgot that. This is how many things are going on. It should be quite a fun game, but nothing really stuck out to me there. It's been hard to get, put my finger on the Warriors, especially it looks like with Draymond kind of iffy and them reintegrating Clay here. Probably a good spot. What did your uh, model spit out? Bulls 130, Warriors 100? Yeah, I, I have Bulls by six and a half <laughs> in this spot. So this is a, my lean for the day. I should start giving out Leah. Leans are going to go on like a 30-0 and 0 streak. That these games I don't actually bet. But yeah, lean for the day, Bulls minus three and a half. I think this should be, this is playable up to four, four and a half, maybe at a smaller stake. I'm just going to kind of talk like you do with the NBA stuff. But three and a half, I think it's playable. So, I like it. I think is, that, right is that a late game? A little closer is, it in, is it in? It's in the, Chicago. United is it still called the United Center? I couldn't even begin to know. I went there when I visited Chicago years ago. I didn't go in, I just went out and looked at the statue because we were in the neighborhood. But either way, it is in Chicago. It is a 6:30 central game. So I'll be on the Bulls. Good job. I like it. Bulls minus three and a half. That was uh not a bet for me technically, but there was another minus three and a half I liked. The Cavaliers have been doing great this year, pretty good for us the last couple of nights here. Um, they go into San Antonio. I will say I might be selling basically as low as possible here on the Spurs, but the Cavaliers, when they're fully loaded, is just kind of one of the top-tier teams, honestly, this year. I have this closer to six. I, if I tweak some stuff, again, I get it to six, six and a half, almost seven. I think anything minus four or better looks good for the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight. We'll see. Again, the Spurs are going home. Um, they're getting a few guys back, but We'll see how I just I love the Cavs here. I mean, they've got nobody to stop Allen and Mobley here. It should be a great night for the big men. And then Rockets Kings. I know you're not supposed to go under big totals. And actually, this has moved against me a little bit. So you get a better number than I did here. But um, Rockets Kings, um, I just look at this and I can't get this total. Um, honestly, north of like 236. I really have to take the pace way up. There's going to have to be some sort of shooting apparition here, especially with Rashawn Holmes. I think probably coming back here for the Sacramento Kings. Again, I just really just a big numbers play here. I don't know if the pace will be as high as it needs to be. We'll see. Potential here for a blowout, which is always bad, obviously, for an under. But got to trust my numbers here again. Um, we'll go under 237 and a half. Again, I think 237 or higher looks good to me. And you'll do better than that right now. I agree. Yeah, it is. It's been a thing. These high totals, like they've gone over. Doesn't matter. They, they two thirty six gets bet up to two forty, and it's you know one a one thirty one thirty five game. Like it just sometimes those turn into blowouts. But trust the process. I believe in you, Alex. I think uh, I think you're on the right it's track right there. And like you said, the market the market is not agreeing right now, so you can get an even better number. And um, yeah, we're on to golf. Golf was fun yesterday. Kevin Na defending champ absolutely raised this course for like 13 holes then he didn't do a whole lot after that like i was worried he was going to shoot 11 under ended up being the solo um leader a couple of my first round leaders had some nice rounds a couple of my dfs guys are doing all right i need webb simpson to play a little better for some some one and done purposes same thing with abram answer but today I took a look at a couple guys who I thought would have decent days just based on it's, it's hard. Like there's this, there's this um, want, this need to like look at a player through one round of golf and try to try to find some sort of regression within it. Like, Oh man, they're not a really good putter, but they putted really well. 
like and I, I almost tend to go the opposite direction with that sometimes. And I think that was uh, I think that's probably the case with me today with I'm gonna talk about the second one first with Henley over Gooch. I mean Gooch and Samus Power are golfers I like, but I have Russell Henley as a terribly good golfer, basically all around, who you know doesn't always doesn't always get the most out of his putter. In fact, he, he's kind of on average, you know, if you take like roughly the last year, he's the kind of guy who loses strokes relative to the field with the putter. He's putting well. Like he's just he's putting well in this tournament. Sometimes you just take that and say like he's putting well this week. He's reading these greens well. It's easier to putt here and you don't you don't fade him like, oh, he's gonna suddenly start putting worse tomorrow. Like the weather's not changing. His balls aren't changing his putter's not changing the green's not changing it's i i don't think you see massive regression the way you see massive regressions are things like jim Furyk. like the guy's not gonna have a hole in one today that's probably something you can uh you can take to the bank but henley over gooch minus 125 and then yeah patrick you mentioned no Furyk ace props today. good for jim Furyk. like i i found a tweet he was a rookie on the tour in 1994 he's been around He's been around for a while, so that's fun to see some of the older players playing well. And then, Christ, I like betting on this guy, but I'm not great at saying his name. Bazudenhut. He is a South African. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like I got fairly close on this one, too. He's another one, not the best striker of the ball, not the best off the tee, but he is a good putter. And right now, I have him playing a little better on approach than normally he would. I think that's probably sustainable on a course like that. If you're striking the ball well and this, on an easier course like this, I think it's probably a little more sustainable than other places. So I'll take him over Seamus Power. I think played a little uh, above his above his head yesterday. Minus 124 for both. Minus 124 for that one. And then Henley over Gooch is minus 125. So laying a little more juice than I'd like here. But I'm hesitant to lay the half strokes at a tournament like this where anybody can go out and just shoot. 10 under apparently so um i'm just gonna lay the juice on both these and we'll see how it goes i'll have some more throughout the weekend i mean i'm starting to enjoy this especially like i was watching this golf tournament as i was getting ready for bed last night like it's uh it's kind of nice having golf on late at night just paying attention to the end of the tournament speaking of it sounds nice golf naps are the best the best nap of the year is like masters saturday you get it there like one o'clock, you kind of pass out to the sweet and subtle sounds of Vern Lundquist. You wake up, watch the last little bit of guys come in, see the sunset yeah. at Augusta. <laughs> you just kind of stretch out on the couch a little. Oh, that's nice. Mm. This is much less like that. This is deciding if you're going to stay up all night or if you're going to set an alarm for two in the morning to catch some matches. The Australian Open is at a very inconvenient time. And you see a lot of bleary eyes this time of year. I don't know what your plan is going forward. If you're a stay up all night kind of guy, get up early. Or some people just say, I like after two or three days, I have to take a day off. I'm not going to watch any tennis tonight. I can't. I need to sleep. So this is the stuff that is going to happen. A lot of it overnight. And you have a, I just, I need to let you start because we only have so much time. And you have a mess of Australian Open bets already. It's a whole, whole bunch of stuff from a timing perspective. This all starts around 7 o'clock Sunday night Eastern. They haven't released an order of play, but the first match will be 7 p.m. 
Eastern on Sunday. So it is great for the West Coast folks. You can catch most of it. I'll try to watch as much as I can. I probably won't watch as much as I should, but it'll be a lot of getting up and hopefully catching stuff on kind of the replay in the morning. But a ton of tennis. We've got a bunch of first round bets here. Again, kind of a first wave. I'll continue to kind of add stuff to my spreadsheet and I'll be putting stuff on Betsperts here for this. Um, this is one of the bigger tournaments. I just I believe just about all this stuff is on there. I still need to put this in there, but we'll start with round one. Um, Anna Karolina Schmedlova is going to be playing against Elena Ostapenko. I'll try to be as nice as possible here. If you saw Ostapenko <laughs> in her first match, she didn't look like she maybe took her off-season training as seriously as she could have. So uh, I really like Schmedlova here, not only to win the match, but at the very least to win a set. So bet her plus 320 to win the match, and then that plus one and a half is plus one and a half sets. You can find it as a spread, plus one and a half sets. Some books have it as like a kind of a prop thing. Will player A win a set? Yes, no, something like that. So poke around. You should be able to find that just about everywhere. Um, Jackie, uh, Jacqueline, sorry, Jacqueline Adina Christian, um, a player we've backed a couple times here, has got some decent tennis under her belt. Um, you know, I have her minus, you know, as I look at my numbers here, minus 155, almost minus 160 over her opponent here, Greet Minnan. Um, Minnan, a pretty solid player, generally a little better in doubles, has kind of popped in singles a little bit, but flattened out. And I think Christian is going to be the much better player and kind of surpass her this year. So happy to grab her here as a short favorite. Um, then we've got Nuria Parisas Diaz. She plays against Ohms Jabor. There's a good chance this match might actually not happen. Jabor picked up an abdominal injury and I guess is likely to withdraw here. But my plan here is to grab her on the money line at any book that basically is going to grade the match after the first set is completed. You can find that at plus yeah. um, 600. Sorry, I didn't put the number in there. And then also her to win the first set plus 350. Jabor is somebody that will come out, at least make a solid effort. I think she might, you know, have a good way to you know, um, make it through the first set. She has kind of history of that and then might pack it in. So played the first set, played the money line in a book that will hopefully grade the match um, if they complete the first set. Um, Martina Trevisan, um, have her just about even here. She goes against Sai Sai Zhang. You know, we bet had some success going against Zhang quite a bit. Again, has kind of her ranking, a lot of her statistics beating up you know, lesser players on tour. Not that Trevisan is the best player on tour, but I have this match pretty even here. So Trevisan plus anything looks pretty good to me here. Um, Teresa Martinkova and Lauren Davis, the two playing some nice tennis these first couple of weeks, over 21. Anything lower than 21 and a half looks great here to me. I think this will be a really competitive match. We're definitely going to see a 7-5 or a 7-6 in here some, somewhere and potentially even three sets. And then uh, Bronzetti here will be playing her on the money line. Um, again, just kind of backing somebody who's been playing tennis versus somebody in Gracheva who hasn't really played much these first couple weeks and in general is a fairly mediocre player. I look at my numbers, Bronzetti has, you know, much better hold and break stats, you know, generally against a, um, a lesser competition than maybe Gracheva does, but the difference is really marked to me. And again, Gracheva doesn't really have any form to speak of. So we'll grab Bronzetti and that's it for the first chunk. Second chunk, Anna Kanyu. I'm going to grab her again. Somebody we continue to back. Shelby Rogers, minus 125. Rogers is an American player who generally plays very well in Charleston and for some reason Australia <laughs> as I go back and look. She really kind of ripped through uh, playing down under last year and I think getting a little too much respect maybe for that. Kanye playing through qualifiers, has been playing a bunch of tennis here and just kind of continues oh, yeah, to build form. I have her actually as a short favorite here. So again, anything plus money on Kanye looks good to me. Um, Anna Bondar. Um, we're going to go against 
Sorry, I'm going to double check and make sure I have the right name. Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova. She's someone, again, who hasn't played tennis since, um, you know, basically September, October of last year. Generally starts the year very slow, you know, similar to what we did in the match with Jabor. I don't think that necessarily, you know, Pavlyuchenkova is going to retire here, but she's definitely going to start slow. So I'll grab Bondar on the money line here, plus 245, and then to win the first set, plus 195. Thought about maybe the plus one and a half sets, but... It's like minus 110, minus 115. I was hoping for plus money on that. So instead, we'll just go with the first set, plus 195. I see a little more value there. Dodan Begu, over 21 games. Um, two women that serve the ball well, generally play long matches. I have this total kind of at a juicy 21 and a half myself. So anything 21 or lower will go under there. Another total, this one, depending on what book you look at, it's either Daria Gavrilova or Daria Seville. She got married and I think changed her last name and some places have been a little slow to react. Um, Alina Spitalina still goes by Spitalina, although she got married. Some women have made the change, some haven't. It's mostly just annoying for people like us, but <laughs> look for Peterson's name. 21, again, this is another match. I think might actually even go three sets. Just didn't love the price there. Happy to grab 21. And then Emma Raducanu. This is actually, I think, the first time in my life backing the uh, young English woman who was the U.S. Open champion last year. Um, Again, still generally kind of overpriced, especially in some of the outright markets here, but goes against Sloane Stevens in her first match, not only this year, but since getting married a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, I don't think Stevens is going to come out here terribly strong, and Brad O'Connor is generally the better player, I think. So happy to grab her. Honestly, anything minus 120 or better looked pretty good there. So a handful of matches for us, Andy, and I guess, you know, we've got the bracket. What do you think? Should we do some outrights? Yeah, and a couple quick notes there. I think you and I are annoyed by the changing of the names with the marriages and or non-changing and the confusion. Dan is probably just happy that they aren't hyphenating for the graphic purposes as we already have long enough names in tennis. And uh, it is a little ironic that you called those two uh, slides chunks when you let off with a fade of our girl, um, our, our Latvian princess there. As she is looking like yes, she uh, a little fluffy. It remind me of do you remember do you remember the movie The Great White Hype? Yes. And the one boxer gets incredibly out of shape before the match, and uh, I I don't think we'll see the same sort of ending where she just all of a sudden is good. Yeah, she needs to get her training straight because she's a former Slam winner. It's wild what happens with some of these younger players. But yeah, I think we should have some outrights. We don't get to do this enough because of the timing of the draws and the starts of tournaments. It doesn't land nicely on a weekday like this for us to have a draw, to have prices and not have matches yet played. So by all means, let's get weird with it. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm on a couple of these with you. Bit of a short stack, you know, normally in a big tournament like this, I would have a, a bunch of names here, but uh, you know, much has been made about how wide open the WTA is. And I agree that it kind of is, but it's starting to tighten up a little bit. I think, you know, instead of having maybe 15 to 20 women that could win, you know, any grand slam, I think we're starting to tighten up here to maybe kind of five to 10 women or so. As you look at the draw, um, just a wild result in the draw here. You've got Ashley Barty in the first quarter, and then in the same eighth as her is Naomi Osaka. So you basically wipe out everybody in the first quarter. Apologies to anybody that uh, listened to me and took an Anna Samova outright earlier. Apologies to anybody that took a Pagula outright over. I was thinking of maybe backing someone like Zachary or even Benchich there. Um, you just kind of have to wipe out that whole quarter. You get down to the second quarter, pretty tough in general, but some softer spots here. The first name that sticks out to me, Barbara Krejcikova. Um, grab this number sooner rather than later. She's playing in a finals match tonight. 
Um, again, not too worried about the fatigue. It's early in the season. It's a short travel spot to get back to Melbourne and they'll give her a day off as well as day off in between matches. So with that kind of put aside here, there's definitely some value on here. Any number on Krejcikova 20 or better. Again, I don't love having her in the second quarter, which means she kind of has to go through Bardios or Osaka to get to the final. But I think she's comfortably into the quarterfinals here. In that quarterfinal match, she's looking at maybe playing somebody like Goff or Paula Badosa. Again, very challenging, but she's the much better player in that match. So happy to grab Krejcikova there in the second quarter. You get down to the third quarter. Um, this one, again, pretty competitive, but a couple names kind of stick out. We've got Muguruza down here at the bottom. Like her chances, but she's stuck in the same quarter as Halep, who has been kind of slowly playing her way back into form. And I just didn't love Muguruza's number. She's like a third favorite to win this event, which again, kind of makes sense, but I would need something again, a little closer to 15 or so to back her. You look at the top part of the third quarter, Rybakina. Again, that'll be the next name we grab here. Again, anything 20 to one or better on Rybakina. She's been playing nice tennis. She withdrew from her last match um, with claims, I believe, of a thigh injury or something like that, but there were no signs of any injury or anything like that. It looks just kind of like a move to pack things up and get to Melbourne here. And she's at a really nice spot. She's been playing good tennis and has everything you need to succeed on these kind of courts. A little worried that she's kind of stuck close to Annette Contivate, but I wonder how Contivate's going to do here, you know, after blowing the match with Krejcikova. I wonder how she's going to stand up mentally again. Kind of the first adversity she's had really in this deep run. You go down to the fourth quarter and Arena Sabalenka, the number two seed, and just kind of depressed. If you saw some of my tweets and things, she, um, I don't know if she's hurt. I don't know. Well, I don't know if her body's hurt or her brain is hurt, but something is wrong. She was hitting underhand serves, just playing a really odd looking tennis. And I think you gave a chance to go against her. And the luckiest person, the person who kind of benefits from that is Iga Swiatek. I love her at 13 to one. Again, I generally don't bet numbers this short, but I look here in the fourth quarter. Once quarter prices come out, I'll probably whack a few of those. Again, follow me on Twitter at underscore noobs. I'll have a preview out later today with kind of the full menu of things is again, markets continue to open and you can have some more analysis here, but love Shwiantek. She's been playing solid tennis, ran into Barty. Um, pretty much the only person that beat her. I think she wins this quarter. I like her chances against the third quarter winner, whether that be our girl, Rybakina, even Muguruza. And then in the final, you know, she's got as good of a chance to beat anybody on her day. Hopefully that's Krejcikova in the final. We've got the two outrights and we're sitting pretty feeling good. But even if it's Barty or Osaka, I think Schweitek has a, Schweitek has a great chance to win her second Grand Slam title here. So three outrights for us um, for the Australian Open. And it starts Sunday night. I'm down. I, I haven't found a good enough Iga number yet. I'm going to have to dig around a little. There's some 12s. There's one 13 and a handful of 12s. I think a 12 is fine. Where's the 13? Vandal? Drive to drive. Vandal? All right. Maybe. I'll dig around. Hold on. No, it wasn't Vandal. Um, um, Camby. Camby has 13 to 1. Camby books. Cam. I will quickly go over these i just put these in on petsburg somebody gave me shit about only putting quarter unit i i'm like god did i just bet every game i'm like i certainly shouldn't be betting these you know uh big so as i put them as i bet these this morning i'm like i'm gonna bet these smaller i'm like none of these are good edges it's just these are how i feel about these games but i have this weird thing about in the back of my head if i'm if i'm giving out something on multiple podcasts i damn sure better better actually bet it so i didn't bet these very big so that's why i put them in as quarter units on uh, on the betsperts app but uh i've talked about these i'm sure 
some people that watch this show or listen to this podcast also listen to the deep dive. Went over a lot of this already, but the Raiders, again, in, in a goofy matchup between two first-time starting quarterbacks in the playoffs, I'm going to take that pat, that rush defense, excuse me, that pass rush against a bad offensive line to hopefully keep this game close. I actually hope the Raiders lose and cover this number because <laughs> I'd much rather, I'd much rather see Burrow and the boys have another playoff game for entertainment standpoint. Uh, Bills Patriots, I'm tossing out the win game and looking at the game that had like 750 total yards between the two teams in a game that Mac Jones didn't even play particularly well in. I have this near the upper 40s most of the time. I don't think the cold is going to affect this game as much as it's being made out. And the only thing that ruins this is a crazy Bill Belichick game plan again. The Tampa KC teaser is, again, not Wong Burger, but it's half Wong. And I think that's fine for anyone looking to get some playoff action. The Tampa Bay leg is electric, like against a team that might really, really struggle if the wind and rain picks up and they become one dimensional. The Eagles will really struggle where you might not even need this teaser, but love that teaser leg. If you have open teaser legs at some books that are giving you a decent price, Tampa Bay open is awesome. But half long is okay too when you're facing the Steelers in the playoffs because KC minus six and a half. Yeah, you get through the ten and the seven, which is technically not enough. It's not enough to get you to that, you know, that 72, 73% win percentage on single legs over the long haul of doing that. So long term, it's not a good move to to tease a 12 and a half down to a six and a half. But in this case, I'm fine with this. Just uh, the the big enough disparity in these two offenses right now, and I think uh, really their only chance is to play keep away and try to run the ball effectively from Pittsburgh. We'll see how that goes. I talked about the Niners. Drew kind of put me on the on the straight and narrow with this one. I said I liked it. Probably wouldn't bet it if I did. We'd go money line, and then we went through that a bit. And there's a lot of scenarios where whatever team gets out to a lead is likely able to run on the other team and maintain that lead. So I don't like the Niners in comeback mode, and I, I despite what they did last week, and I don't love you know the taking the points in that instance. And in an instance where this bet loses, I don't think it's close. I think the Cowboys could run away with the game, so I'm not laying the juice here at all. But I do think the Niners are the better team. They've been playing like a better team. They've played better against playoff teams. So Niners just straight up. You can find some 145s if you look hard enough. And then Monday night cards, NFC West dogs. Just bet them. I should be betting this money line too, but I have this closer to three. I hate that Hopkins is out. I hate that this team is taking steps back, but I really don't think taking uh, Matt Stafford as a favorite in the playoffs is a good long-term investment, especially against a team that's faced him a couple times this year. So just more of a, more of a Rams haven't played well lately fade. I like it. And that that'll be it. Look at us. This is a long show for a Friday. We We didn't even have a guest and we, we went long. So chiefs first half would be a great teaser. Like if that was allowed, that is, there's an inside joke about that with somebody. There was something they claimed to have been teasing first half lines. Somebody. Yeah. That's a, you know, I, I joke about how, like if I put something out, I feel like I have to bet it because it's like, even if I'm not betting it for a lot, I give you this information. I'd say this is what I recommend. <laughs> I, I feel bad if I don't actually bet it. You yeah, can tell the people it. on Twitter who don't actually bet because somebody did post, hey, I'm doing a first half teaser. Like, eh, 
number one, that's not a thing, and you just told on yourself. Don't do that, please. So, I would love first half teasers. Would you give me three points? That'd be fun. Something there. We gotta talk to somebody. Maybe there, there is something there. To do that. I'm sure there's all totals if you go look at the red book. So, um, Patrick's asking about halftime shows. I think we're gonna do the night games. I don't think we're gonna do all six. I don't have the energy for that. I still have a lot of work to do in the wood shop tomorrow, and you know, shelves to be built. I need to build these bookshelves that are taking way too long. But uh, I think we'll do some halftimes. I'm going to watch all football all day long. Well, I think we'll do the night games. We'll let you know. I'll tweet it out. And with that, we'll be back Monday.